1: A little turkey, little stuffing, put a little mashed potatoes on it, and down the hatchet it goes. The one I can The hatchet? The hatchet. The hatch, the hatchet, whatever. Hatchet. (laughs) That's a couple extra letters (laughs) (laughs) among (laughs) things. That was
0: that was something. And that was just a little bit earlier today as we take this special Thanksgiving edition of the Joint Mega Picks podcast. Although it's not really Mega, it's just the three Thanksgiving Day games. It's an extra little bonus just
1: for you, just well, for you that and viewing. would audience. just say, hey, let's peel back the curtain. You you sound like you don't want to give the people this bonus. You, you, it's a little bit of a complaint in there in West Virginia about a little extra work and, and an extra little part of the podcast. Yeah, I'm exposing your ass on oh. pre-Thanksgiving. Oh, no, But you know what? There'll, there'll, there'll be a little bit of
0: an extra invoice at the end of the month for this <laughs> one. uh, uh. In addition to the regular Joint Mega Picks podcast, we are doing one specifically for the Thanksgiving Day games. Three of them, and they're all great. Our picks may not be. We also are going to go through the games, and then we'll have one best bet, one best bet from the three games against the spread or over under, whichever we choose to do. We'll do that after we make our picks for the three Thanksgiving Day games. And as always, the odds are provided by Bet. MGM. Let's get right to it, because this is a great slate. Now, all three games can end up being, as Chris said earlier today, shitballs. We don't know. Sorry. So I, I just I can't get past that term. And I keep envisioning a bowl of steaming shitballs on the Thanksgiving buffet that wow. everyone will Thank wisely you. avoid. Thank you. OK, so. So yeah. you're the one that said it. And as Pete says, bon appetit. All right. Uh, bills at the lions in the early game the bills back in detroit they're home away from home nine and a half point favorites against the surging kneecap biting detroit lions who have won three in a row won their first road game since 2020 first three game winning streak since 2017 for crying out loud do they make it a four game winning streak do they have a chance can they beat the bills can they cover the spread chris while you're sitting there munching on whatever hors d'oeuvres you eat on thanksgiving Chips and dip and celery and this and that as you're pre-gaming down the hatchet, the various foodstuffs short of the Thanksgiving meal. What do you think will play out?
1: That's right. I mean, the first game. I mean, I I love the first game. I go in from the Thanksgiving Day parade to little pregame show watch the big fucker talk about and the dog show it'll be on the dog show the the, the daughter will have that on the the second screen so that we'll we'll have that on as well gotta watch the big fucker do the CBS pregame show they do the Bills Lions and yeah I mean that's an important part of the day for me right there I mean first off I mean hors d'oeuvres don't come quite yet it's 12 o'clock tomorrow okay I'm gonna probably make my drink right then let it marinate for a little while then i gotta go out and have a little smoke okay get a little smoke going then come in have a little sip of the drink and now i get to sit down and watch the game i mean and yeah little chips and dip little celery and dip little carrots and dip that's gonna be the day until we have a late thanksgiving dinner so uh i can't wait for that all right there's my my so, I, so I, I,
0: think, I think I've figured it out now. Yeah. The best way to get yourself through a full day of gluttony is to enter the process with the munchies. <laughs> exactly. That's the
1: strategy. Exactly. I, I, I think you you could appreciate that. Maybe one day we can spend a Thanksgiving day together and we can do it together and have fun. It might be a, a good time for us. But then I am excited for this game. Listen, I'm expecting kind of fireworks with this football game. You know, I see here that the it's uh, the 54.5 over-under. I'm not shocked to see that. Uh, I, I think these are two offenses that are going to move the ball, you know, at a pretty good clip throughout the day. You know, I, I look at it again. We know the Lions' defense has been better as of late, but I'm not sitting here ready to write home that I think they're going to stop this group and, and Josh Allen and what they do. You, know, you don't have a great pass rush, right? We know they're not great in pass defense. They're not really good in any aspect of their defense. So this is the kind of game where the Bills probably will have the run game available to them a little bit like they did last week. And that's when it can open the floodgates of Josh Allen making passes and throws everywhere. So I expect them to make plays. The, the, the other aspect of this, though, is I do think the Lions are going to score a lot of points as well. Uh, you know, I, I think the Lions, one run game we know is real – you know, two, we saw last week the Bills did a pretty good job against the Browns' run game, but the Browns' pass game was pretty effective, and we both agree that the Browns controlled the early part of the football game before messing some things up. This Lions' pass offense, I think, ties together play-action pass and maybe can cause a few more problems than the Browns caused for the Bills on that side of the ball. So, I, I you know, I'm going to pick the Bills here 34-24. But I don't like look at it as like, oh, wow, this is a dominant 34-24. I think it's going to be kind of going back and forth, back and forth. It's 27-24, five minutes left in the game. Buffalo scores to go up by 10. One of those types of covering by the spread, not a blowout. So what do you say, Mike? How do you kind of see this unfolding? So just so we're clear, and my math isn't always all that great,
0: you've got the Bills winning and covering by a half point, right. a 10-point victory. I I just – look, and you've got it also going over the 54.5. It is the highest over-under of the week by far. The next highest over-under is 47.5 in one of the other games coming up on Sunday or Monday. So I think that this one will be closer than expected. I think the Lions will dig deep. I think they're feeling that surge of adrenaline, that pride that they went into New York and beat the Giants – I think they're capable of keeping it close. I think they will keep it within the spread. I think they'll slow things down a little bit. They have transformed the offense. Early in the year, it was throwing around all over the place. Amon Ross St. Brown was having big numbers. Jared Goff was having a year as good or better than what we saw him do with the Rams. Yeah. I think it's settled down. It's more deliberate. Jamal Williams has become a touchdown machine, even though he's not the workhorse tailback for the Detroit Lions. I think they deliberately try to keep Josh Allen on the sidelines, not on a turkey leg, instead of out there slicing and dicing up the Detroit defense. I've got 27-20. Bills win. Lions cover. And part of this is my bias that is hoping for great games across the board tomorrow. I want them all to be close. I want them to be exciting. That's an area where the NFL's league office and I are fully aligned. More close games. More exciting games. So we're watching and engaged all the way to the end, not like Monday night when it's 38-10 in the fourth quarter between the 49ers and the Cardinals. I think and hope this will be a close game, a one-score game, but the Bills win, Lions cover. That's yeah. my take.
1: Yeah. I, I, listen. I, I don't disagree with it there. This is, this will not be, I think, one that I pick as a best bet, because I could see it being the way you're describing it. I could see it being the way I describe it as well, where, yeah, the, the Bills are better, and it's a close game, and... You know, hey, game might be like yours, and then they get a late field goal. They'll win by ten. I still think we're going to get entertainment either way. I, I think really the big, the big, you know, thing I'll look for in this particular matchup is just how hard do the Bills have to sell out to stop the run, and within selling out to stop the run, you know do they start to get gashed by some of the play-action passes and things the Lions do? That's where they're a little different than the Browns. The Browns run the ball, and where they're annoying to me is when they want to throw the ball, they don't tie it together with play-action pass. They get in the shotgun and empty personnel. They're just like, hey, we're definitely throwing it, everybody. Definitely. We're not even going to worry about the fact that we could play the play action pass, and that's one of the best parts of our our game is running the ball. It makes no sense. Detroit will not let Buffalo off the hook quite as easily there, to where, yeah, there's a little bit better blend. And uh, I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be about as good as it gets as far as, you know, big plays and, you know, the, the theater of the game as far as the Bills being one of the best teams in the AFC and the Lions being a team for the first time in a while that they win this game. We go, holy crap. It's not crazy to think they can make the playoffs or at least be in the conversation And when we're talking about it in a few weeks.
0: A win gets them to 5-6. and six. Then they have the Jaguars coming to town. Then they have the Vikings coming to town. They have three straight home games. They can make some noise here and force themselves either into the race for the division title or one of the wild card berths in the NFC. All right, then comes the battle of two teams. That are both 7-3. and three. When I saw this game on the schedule, I thought, oh boy, they're really relying upon the captive audience to drive up the numbers for this one. They don't need a captive audience. This one is going to, I think, surpass last year's Raiders-Cowboys game, which had an average audience of 40.5 million. I think it's going to be more like 43 or 44, maybe even 45, with the New York market fully engaged on behalf of the Giants, who are surprisingly good. The Cowboys, surprisingly good, again both teams seven and three. The Cowboys are still nine and a half point favorites. The line is moving in their favor a little bit, not surprisingly, given that the Giants lost on Sunday and the Cowboys kicked the shit out of the Minnesota Vikings, 40 to three. Well, the Cowboys, Chris, kicked the shit balls out of the New York Giants. Your New York Giants on. Thursday yeah I I mean
1: I'm leaning that way I am Uh, again I I, I'm more of the one that thinks we're about to see the Giants bubble burst a little bit now I don't mean that like to the point of like they're just going to totally fall off a cliff and not be competitive here but I think they're going to come back to a little bit of the reality of what they are and that not going to have a record that's you know looked at as one of the better records in football uh, again, I don't think the Giants are that quality of a football team. You know, I think they're good, but you know, as we saw last week, and as we've discussed so many times, it's it's the game has to shake out and play a certain way for them to win the football game. And I just don't think they can do that against this group here. You know, I, I think the the first thing is I just I, I think the Cowboys' offense poses some real big problems for the Giants. Cowboys are running the ball phenomenal. Dak Prescott. You know, the way he looked last week, the Giants don't stop the run all that well. They don't really have a shutdown cover corner. So now when they want to play man, Mancy, that's what Detroit did to them a little last week. Ran the ball, the play action passes, crossers, stuff like that you know Tony Pollard's going to be get, get some one-on-one situations out of the backfield because the Giants are going to be so worried about loading the box. So that's where I look at that and go I I, I think it's going to take something miraculous I think for the Giants to slow down the Cowboys or or at least handle them that way. And then I think the key to the football game is just can the Giants run the ball? You know can they run the ball, keep the Cowboys offense off the field? Uh, control the clock that way, keep the Cowboys, uh, you know, defense out of the third down situations or second and long where Dan Quinn can have people coming from everywhere and dropping everywhere. And we know that pass rush is special. You know, they were all over Daniel Jones in the first matchup. The Giants did run the ball a little bit. There's no doubt. Saquon was solid in the game. A lot of the yards came on one big run. Daniel Jones scrambling was the biggest issue in the first game around and it was Cooper Rush at quarterback for the Cowboys. I'm going Cowboys here. 31-17 at home. I I I think they oh, wow. they kind of wow. win this one convincingly and kind of show that they're they're one of the best teams in football and that the Giants are just not in their class. The Emotional
0: Hedge by Christopher David Simmons as he waits for, or Sims. Sims. I said Simmons. I'm too used to working with I'd never even thought of that. Miles Simmons, Chris Sims. I'd never even made that connection. You like guys with S-I-M-M. Just farted it out. (laughs) Yes. So, anyway, um, I got thirty one twenty, And what I envision is, I think it's going to be closer. Than you do. And I envision a situation where it's like 24 20 with six minutes or so left. The Giants have the ball, and then Micah Parsons makes some crazy ass play, turnover, maybe even a touchdown on that turnover or a short field touchdown for the Cowboys to make it 31 20. And then the Giants just can't do anything and the Cowboys cover the spread. I mean, nine and a half points really isn't that much. Um, it really isn't. From the standpoint of of a win becoming on the other side of it. Especially when a team just won by 37 freaking points on the road. So I think it's hard to get past what happened to the Giants on Sunday and what the Cowboys did to the Vikings on Sunday. So I will say uh, 31-20. So we're on the same page with that one as well as relates to the winner. We disagree as to who covers the spread in the early game. Let's go to the late game. Oh... What a disaster it was on Sunday. My poor son had to live through that. The worst home loss since John F. Kennedy was president. And we made that point yesterday on the 59th anniversary of Kennedy being shot.
1: How did we miss that? How did we miss that? I mean, I'm just so disappointed in myself. A guy that's so deep in that subject that I dropped the ball on 11-22 and didn't realize that it was, yeah. Uh, and gosh, that's crazy. It was also crazy. the 10 year
0: anniversary of the butt fumble, and it was the 17 year anniversary of Phil Sims going after Steve Young for saying that you had a laissez faire upbringing, <laughs> which became relevant <laughs> again because on Monday night, Booger <laughs> McFarland was making the same argument about Zach Wilson, and Steve Young wisely did not take the bait 17 years later. Well done. He learned his
1: lesson yeah, okay. the last
0: time around. Yeah, for He self scouted himself. A
1: guy that grew up rich. I mean, it was funny him saying that about me. Mean streets of <laughs> Greenwich. Right, right. Yeah, I, I hate that. You know, I do hate that. You're right. That's what revived it. It's, it's such a cop out. Like, I, I'm pretty sure Peyton Manning and Eli Manning grew up kind of rich and had things. There's a lot of guys in football. It means nothing. It's such a stupid, thing to say that money affects the way the guy is now. Like listen, I know money affects things, but to say that, oh, you're not gonna work as hard or be as accountable or or have the same drive because you grew up with money, it just it it couldn't be a dumber comment. It couldn't be. How many rich people do we see grow up and then become richer than their parents or whatever else because they're motivated, they've seen the groundwork of how to work, do those things, or maybe they're they're like I got DNA of the guy that, you know, was rich in front of them that was like the same to, oh, yeah, hey, I work hard and I'm driven guy and I'm that same guy. Like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like, that's such a lazy well, take. And,
0: and before we waste any more time than we already are not Sorry, talking about the it. game. The flip side of it, the flip side of it, that's not a shot at you because I want to follow up here. The flip side of it also presumes that the only way you can be successful in athletics is if you're so financially desperate, I got nothing else. So I'm going to go throw my body around with reckless abandon because I don't know where my next meal's coming from. That's as offensive. As saying that the guy who has money isn't going to
1: be right. mature and go out and try hard. Exactly. You're right. I'd never that even thought about that The only way you can be good way. is if you're desperate. Desperate, right. You're so
0: poor you have nothing else you can do. So you're going to go risk your life on every single snap because that's the only way you're going to put food on the table. That's every bit as offensive as suggesting that someone with money won't care enough to go out and play the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many how many guys do we have in football where their dads were also ex-players and certainly didn't grow up in an environment where they were Didn't Patrick Mahomes' dad play mas- uh, baseball for like for a long time? I mean, they're just it's it's so that's it's a it's a BS. It means nothing. Plus, my dad was a farmer and my mom was the daughter of a butcher. Like, what do you think? We were fucking eating caviar, like, for breakfast? Like, oh, we made it rich. Forget how you grew up, mom and dad. It's caviar time. In fact, where's the champagne? It's almost 10.30 a.m. Like, get out of here.
0: That's the other thing I've learned, too. Um, If you grow up without much, no matter how much you ultimately acquire, you still feel like somebody who grew up without much, sure. Which is, which is a roundabout way of saying I'm still incredibly cheap, even though uh, <laughs> you know I've, I've done okay, as yeah. the case may be. All right, Patriots and Vikings. Vikings did not do okay on Sunday. The Patriots did. The Patriots won their game against the Jets on kind of a walk off pump return for a touchdown there were still a few seconds left in the game the Vikings got blown off the field by the Dallas Cowboys the Vikings are two and a half point favorites in this one against the Patriots it will be a slightly less potent offense than what the Vikings have seen the past two games against the Bills and the Cowboys but it's a defense that can shut down Kirk Cousins and company
1: who do you like well, you want to lead it off? You usually lead off the Vikings discussions. That's usually your, your squad well, usually there. When I feel
0: good about I, it, well, no, I, I, I want to say I, feel I, feel feel,
1: I know where you're going to go on this one. You're going to pick the Patriots to win one that's kind of close, but if the Vikings win, you'll still feel good, and you won't be that mad that you picked the Patriots to win. I, I, I know you. This is where it's going to go. You're going to pick the Patriots to win by three or four points.
0: It's the same mindset you applied to picking the Cowboys to cover.
1: <laughs> See, you, either okay. way, either way,
0: you get a consolation prize. Either <laughs> your your team wins, or you're right. But no, I I try. To, I want to be right more than anything else. Yeah. I, I really. My because it's funny when when I pick these games and people, oh, you hate the the Jaguars. You hate the the. No, I want to be right. I love being right. I'm not picking against a team or for a team. I fundamentally, ultimately want to be right. And I believe the Patriots will beat the Vikings on Thursday night. Short week favors Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick will not sleep, will not eat, will not do anything but get his team ready to go there and beat the Vikings. They've beaten the Vikings five straight times. Now they had Tom Brady for each of those. But I I just think that, that the Vikings did get exposed to a certain extent by the Cowboys, and the Patriots will take full advantage of that. And that one thing that still sticks in my mind, Tony Pollard's comment after the game that the 68-yard catch-and-run for a touchdown on 3rd and 14 on the first drive of the third quarter was a play that was put in that week for that opponent. The Vikings have tells defensively, and the Patriots will take advantage of it, and there may be other plays that the Patriots have put in this week just for the Vikings' defense based upon everything they've seen, and three days isn't enough time for Ed Donatel to plug those holes. 17-13, Patriots win, Um, and it could be worse than that,
1: frankly. Well, I'm going to go 20 to 17. Patriots win. All right, I mean, it, it is it's 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 a uh, it's a great defense. The Patriots, uh, and and you know we've seen teams. Hey, we saw Washington certainly you know give a little bit of a blueprint on how to slow down the Washington uh, the the Vikings defense. Offense, excuse me. You know Buffalo for a lot of the game managed to do some things to slow down the offense that of course we had last week. Yeah, I, I have a hard time envisioning this Vikings offense consistently moving the ball against this group. One, uh, there's no weakness on the the, the, the Patriots defense, really. And you've got to catch them off guard with some schematical thing that they haven't seen or prepared for. And I don't know if there's anything there other than maybe a trick play or something that Minnesota can come up with. I mean the only I mean we're talking about a run here in the last 5 6 weeks. If you take the Bears game out where they broke out the 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 quarterback run for the first time in Justin Fields' career. I mean, you teams can't score points against the Patriots. I mean, first downs are hard. So, and then your your Vikings team, you know, is not a great running football team. And they got run stoppers and you know, I don't think they are going to have to put extra guys in the box and put themselves in tough positions where it's just a Justin Jefferson day to where he's going to expose people. So yeah, I look at that as being advantage Patriots. And even though the Patriots offense, to your point, it's not special. They can run the ball. That's the one thing we do know. And, yeah, you guys are not a great defense, struggle against the pass. I don't know if they can take advantage of all that's there to be had with the pass, but by the way they run, the efficiency of the offense, yeah, I think they'll just outscore you guys and, and kind of gut it out. I'm going to take the Patriots 20-17 to on the road.
0: I was talking to Coach Dungy the other day about it. He's going to be calling the game with Jason Garrett and Mike Tirico, and he said the Christian Darasaw concussion, second one in two games. Yeah. He exited during the – lost to the Cowboys, that without him, it's just going to be very difficult for the Vikings offense to do anything. Kirk Cousins can't extend the play with his legs. Justin Jefferson has said we got to get the ball out faster. Watch some of the highlights. You can't get it out any faster than the walls closed in on Kirk Cousins last week. So it's going to take everything the Vikings can do to try to score some points against the Patriots. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. All right. Before the football starts tomorrow, we mentioned this earlier, second screen while you're watching woo, woo, woo. Lions hosting the Bills. Rough, rough, rough. After the Thanksgiving Arf. Day Parade at noon Eastern on NBC and Peacock, catch the National Dog Show presented by Perina. Use that second screen and watch those good boys and good girls run around while you're watching the Bills and the Lions. Two-screen time, National Dog Show. Do you give Macy do you
1: give, Macy? do you uh, give like turkey tomorrow? Do you give her some food on the side? What does she oh, get? Yeah,
0: M- Macy gets whatever Macy wants, whatever she wants, and she will get some turkey. And what will happen is, what will happen is, she she will initially go to my father in law because my father she perceives my father in law is the weak link as it relates to the willingness to accidentally drop food on the ground. And then once she's gotten everything she's going to get from him, she swings back around to me because I'm, I'm the next one on the list of people most likely to give her food. Right. So right. she'll be, you know, nudging around with her nose and just sitting there just looking, just waiting and pawing at you. And, she, yeah, knows, she knows the two old guys will and, have and problems
1: getting all the food in their mouth and some will dribble on the ground. <laughs>
0: Do you have to pixelate all of that? Will that be pixelated? <laughs> I, um, hope not. I hope so, not. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, let's get to it. Best bet, one. You got one. Over, under, pick against the spread from the Thanksgiving games. This yeah. is one, and it counts on our permanent record. That's so right. get it right. What right. do you got?
1: Yeah, well, I, I am I am a little tempted by that over on the Bills-Lions game. But ultimately, I think the one I feel most comfortable about is the Dallas Cowboys covering the spread against the Giants. Uh, I, I just feel like I can see other avenues – of disruption in the other two games where this one is just the one where I I could see the Cowboys kind of controlling this game through and through. So I'm going to ride with the Cowboys here to cover the nine, nine and a half point spread.
0: I hate to do this. I really do, but I want to be right. I mean, I'd like it to be interesting. I'd like to pick one of the other games, but I'm with you of these three. The one that I feel the most confident about is the Cowboys covering the nine and a half points. Yeah, I'm shocked against the New York Giants. So I just the way you talked. I, I, was, a thinking the last to go, I was thinking Patriots. You
1: talked about the Giants and I thought, gosh, there's no, for sure. He won't do that. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm disappointed to see you do that.
0: Here's the, but, 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 you know, you look, sometimes it's very simple. The Cowboys beat the Giants in their own building with Cooper rush at quarterback. Sure. <laughs> Do we really need to say anything else no. about this game? No. Then the Cowboys beat the Giants in their own building with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Well, and, and and to, to add it. that
1: I was in the building that day too and, and we talked about this a little this morning. There was people open for the Cowboys all game long and he missed them. And then of course we had that was the, the the defensive holding game. I mean the Giants got away with probably four or five blatant defensive holds where you just go I don't know what the refs are even looking at. And then Daniel Jones's ability to escape pressure—they couldn't protect him at all during the game, and his runs are kind of what saved them and made the game you know somewhat close there for a while, but. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I I guess maybe I'm relying a little too much on my in-person experience about what I saw there. And uh, to your point, I thought I saw the Cowboys that were clearly a better team than the New York Giants. You were the PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Advanced Scout. (laughs) Exactly. There's no more value in it than being there (laughs) to actually
0: see it happen. So that's where we are. All right, so that's the Thanksgiving Day games. We're going to do a completely separate Week 12 Picks Mega podcast. You'll see that tomorrow, wherever it shows up. I never really know. I do know this, though. I want all of you to have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy the turkey. Happy Thanksgiving. Politely decline
1: the shit balls. <laughs> <See you. laughs> Heard they're not good. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?